Welcome back to Throwing Hands. It's me, it's Toby, and we're reviewing UFC 290. Personally, I'm going to give this card an A. It, the only thing that's stopping it from being an A+, I will mention later. But Toby, what do you give this card? Uh, I would say it's definitely an A. One of the better cards I've seen of the year, probably in the past couple of years, honestly. It was fantastic. It was indeed fantastic. Um couple things from the early prelims. Um, uh, Jesus Aguilar, uh, one of the gnarliest knockouts you'll see, especially when it comes to flyweight. Um, hella impressive, I think. Um, what are your thoughts on the Aguilar knockout, man? Yeah, it was amazing. Watching it live, you know, you rarely see knockouts like that at fly. And respect to him for not following up after, you know, clear one-punch knockout. Exactly. I can I can't say much more about that. Um Cameron Simon really showed out with the submission win in the first over uh, uh the KO rather over Terrence Mitchell. I think Simon can be a really big problem in this bandweight division, especially I, mean, I think he's only twenty three, but give him a few years and I think you might see him in that top fifteen. Yeah, he's a quick, powerful guy. Um he's clearly pretty well rounded. Yeah, it looks like South Africa got a pretty legit MMA scene coming up. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something to say. Um, <laughs> right. we'll, talk, we'll talk about it more later. Um, Jimmy Crook versus Alonzo Menafield. Uh, Alonzo Menafield slipped the ghillie real quick in this one after a Crook takedown attempt, and it appears that Crook uh, put his gloves in the center of the octagon to retire. Um I hope he doesn't because I think he's really good. But Metafield, I, I was it was a really slick submission. I was actually surprised by it pleasantly. So I props to him on that slick submission win. Yeah, I gotta say I was a little bit shocked by that Metafield sub. Um, he ripped the guillotine up real tight, and I thought he didn't have it quite locked in at first. But you know when he turned him over, it, it was definitely in there. And yeah, Crute, I hope he doesn't retire. Um, I thought that's what he was doing as well. I think his team was trying to tell him like, don't retire. So hopefully he sticks with it, man. Yeah, I really hope so too because I think he's a solid talent. All right, Denise Gomes uh, beat uh, Howergy. I- about 95% sure that's how it's said now. But yeah. hit her with the right, set her down. You know, that fight really could have stopped because the back of her head did hit the floor. Um, I thought I thought the I think Mark Smith was ref was just gonna step in right then and there. No, it was Herzog, I remember. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this saw the fight with them. Gomes landed a few more ground and pound shots and the fight was over. Can we just finish the straw weight history up? Can't really get much of a better performance than that if you're Gomes. Yeah, that was super impressive by Gomes. I mean, she tore right through her. I, I won't say that I expected that, but I definitely had high expectations for Denise Gomes. I think she's pretty talented, especially after that Brenda Brazil fight. 
I thought she was really good. And yeah, I mean, Haruki's legit as well. So for her to get run through like that is pretty impressive by Gomes. It, it indeed is. Um, Tetsuro Tyra uh, versus Edgar Shiras. Uh, Shiras won the first round, um, but outside of that, Tyra really did put in the work, and he did look pretty good. Um, he was throwing up submissions. Um, you really couldn't have asked for much more from Tyra in regards to his performance, especially with an experienced vet coming in on short notice. So props to Tyra. I thought he did great. Yeah, the only thing you could ask for really is a finish, but he was, you know, he was active on top. He was looking for submissions. It was a great performance. He pretty much dominated after that first round. So, yeah, he's legit. He's a really good prospect. He indeed is. Man, the MMA gods were favorable to us with this one. Robbie Lawler getting a knock, a knockout, knockout, knockout uh, after 38 seconds of the, of the first round over Nico Price. And it got him in that car, tied him like, oh, my gosh, this would be poetry if he was like this in a brawling setting. And he just did it, man. I really hope Robbie Lawler just stays retired. No BKFC jiu-jitsu tournaments at the moats. But I think um, I think the, you, you couldn't write a better ending. No, that was a storybook ending. It was incredible just watching that tribute for the fight. And him, and after the fight too, him getting so emotional. I mean, that was just incredible to watch. And then his performance in there, man. I mean, he just took it to Nico Price, landed a couple good shots on the chin, on the temple, and just knocked him out. I mean, flat, knocked him out cold. It, it was unbelievable. So much respect for Robbie for who he is, what he's done for this sport. I saw someone too saying like maybe Nico Price should have retired with him. It's like, yeah, his chin might be gone at this point, you know. Yeah, I mean, all Nico Price likes to do is swing and bang, it seems like. So it's not exactly a style yeah. favorable to longevity. So Nico Price has had a fun career, I'll say that. I, ho I hope yeah. he does hang it up. I think it's the right decision. But Bo Nickel, yeah. good Lord. Good Lord. Beat Val Woodburn on the feet. It, that that left uppercut was nasty. That set him down, and he was getting in and out of range really quickly. I think he I think he set up the hands with the takedown attempt, honestly, because I thought Val Woodburn was expecting to go down real quick. But Bo Nickel, man, he's legit. But I, I hope they give him someone top fifteen next because he he really is that good. Yeah, you know, this is the type of performance that you love to see from a young wrestler coming up in MMA. And you can always kind of tell when a guy like, yeah, Val Woodburn isn't exactly the most talented fighter in the world, but Bo Nickel, his hands looked really sharp. Like his punches were accurate. They were crisp. He is a very talented fighter. And if there's anything we know about these guys that come from these great wrestling bases is that they can pick up other disciplines very quickly. So I think that he's going to pick up boxing very quickly, pick up jujitsu. We've already seen that with the submission now with the knockout. I think he is a really dangerous guy in the middleweight division. The sky's the limit. That's really all we can say. But man, Dan Hooker, he, 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 he lost that first round. He was losing most of the second round until he decided to turn it on. Um, I don't know how he did get knocked out by that head kick. I thought he was I thought he was done for down for the count after that thing hit. He broke his orbital bone off of that, I'm pretty sure. But Jalen Turner is officially a weight bully now. He missed weight. He's one he came in at 158. Um 
But Dan Hooker, man, I, I'm so happy he got the win. I, I thought he was going to – he could have finished Jalen Turner if there was more in the second round, I think. Or if he just had him stand up in the third round. But Dan Hooker got the win. I'm so happy. I thought Jalen Turner was really going to put it on him. Yeah, so did I, honestly. Um, I'm still pretty high on Jalen Turner. I know he missed weight and lost his fight. But I, I still think he has a lot of room for growth. And he has a place here in the lightweight division or even the welterweight division. But, yeah, Dan Hooker, it's great to see. I mean, anybody that was saying, oh, he's washed, his chin is gone. Well, he took some huge shots from Jalen Turner. And he was able to fight through that. And very close to getting that finish in the second round. And like you said, literally a few more seconds, and he 100% would have gotten the finish. So he displayed some classic toughness. And, you know, it, it was a great performance by Dan Hooker. I was really impressed by him. And this is a big win. You know, this is now two in a row. This is a guy who was ranked one spot ahead of him. So he's now looking at another top 10 fight. So, yeah. So shout out Dan Hooker, man. Shout out to Dan Hooker. Um, I'm going to try and talk about this without crying. Um, man, dude, Bobby Knuckles got beat by Dracus. I don't know how I feel about it because I, I swear this dude keeps winning fights on accident. Like, I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. He, he, is, he is not a technician by any means in any facet of MMA. <laughs> he's just huge. He's strong. And the only ounce of fight IQ I ever saw from this guy was he went to the body against Whitaker when he had him up against the fence just seconds before he finished him. That's the only ounce of fight IQ I've seen out of this guy. Yet he keeps winning, and I can't stand it. Yeah, I mean, look, I am very happy and very willing to eat my words on this one. Although, like you said, this guy is not a technician or anything, but man, he has really good cardio. He's powerful and he's durable. I mean, those are the three traits that he has that will carry him a long way. And it already has. I mean, to finish a guy like Robert Whitaker, something that y'all Romero couldn't do, something that, uh, you know, Derek Brunson and Jacare, all these guys couldn't do to Whitaker, but yet Duplessis was somehow able to finish him in the second round. I, after that right hand, that right straight landed and Whitaker you know, went face down, his hands hit the canvas. I was like, man, he is hurt really badly. And Duplessis saw that and pounced on him for the finish. I mean, like I said, all respect to Duplessis. Um, it was a great performance. That's a huge victory for him. He gets a title shot now. And I, I was saying before this, like, you know, it's Robert Whitaker fight week. And I still, you know, I love Rob. I'll never not love Robert Whitaker. But, man, yeah, I think it was a, it was a great victory for Duplessis. Yeah, and like I think the one thing I said about Whitaker's performance is that he seemed a little timid. But outside of that, that was Bobby Knuckles, man. It, like I don't know, it just it just seemed like he wasn't putting together as many combos as usual. But I'm not going to take away from Duplessis. Duplessis won that fight, and we're getting the battle for Africa. So uh, can't can't wait. Yeah. Yeah, Can't I win. think, Rob, it seemed like his strikes, he wasn't putting full power into a lot of them. I think part of that, just Duplessis seems to have a pretty good high guard. He shells up pretty well and uh, takes punch as well. So I think Whitaker was maybe a little hesitant because of that. But yeah, the whole you know Battle for Africa, it's going to be a great setup to that fight. It was interesting um, when they brought Izzy into the octagon. It was a little cringe, man. I'm not, you know, yeah. it's a bit weird. We're not going to touch on that too much uh is he was a little slammed i'm pretty sure yeah, um it but, seemed like it um and, and duplessis hit whitaker with the, the head and arm throw the, the women's mma's 
favorite move? Ugh, I don't he, know. He disrespected man. him so much, man. You know, just come on. Yeah, I I hope Duplessis wins the title for the memes. That's 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 what I'm here for. Yeah, why not? <sighs> Whitaker Strickland. Yeah, uh, the fight to make probably. Yeah, sadly. Damn, Bobby Knuckles lost. I'm I'm disappointed. <laughs> um. All right, best flyweight title fight of all time. Brandon Moreno versus Alexandre Pantoja. What a fight. Also, people saying Brandon Moreno won, stop it. Oh, Brandon Moreno won the fight, but not the cards. Stop. Pantoja easily won this fight with the ground control. And people saying, oh, Moreno was piecing him up. Pantoja wasn't necessarily landing pillow punches either. He was he was landing some gnarly shots. And uh, he was only outstruck by two total strikes and... 18 significant strikes. So that's only three or four significant strikes per round. It's not such a large margin. And Pantoja with the ground control time, I don't, I don't know what what else you're asking for. He looked he looked phenomenal. And whoever gave that, I think it was Ben Cartlidge. He's usually a pretty reliable judge. 49-46 Moreno, come on. That's ridiculous. It was 49-46 Pantoja or 48-47 Pantoja at the, at the best. At the worst. So, yeah. What were your thoughts? This was an awesome fight. Incredible fight. Yeah, like you said it, man. Probably the best flyweight title fight. Either that or uh, Brandon and Figgy. I think their first fight. I mean, they had a couple of really all-time great fights. But, yeah, a horrible scorecard. Um, four rounds to one for Moreno. There's no chance. I mean, on first watch, I had it four rounds to one for Pantoja. You know, I could see 3-2 Pantoja, but I thought he clearly won that fight. Like you mentioned, people were saying, oh, like, look at Pantoja's face after the fight. He was busted up, this and that. Did you see Moreno's face after the fight? Because he was also busted up and, you know, they're hitting each other on the feet. And when you have even striking exchanges on the feet, what does it come down to? It comes down to the grappling exchanges. And not only was Pantoja just taking him down and holding him down, he was being effective. He was landing shots on the ground. He was working towards submissions and credit to Moreno. He has great submission defense and great defense generally on the ground, but it's not like he got a couple of reversals, but you know, Pantoja was controlling the ground exchanges pretty clearly. So I think it was a definitely a clear victory for him. But, I mean, it was an incredible fight. I wouldn't mind seeing that fight again. I don't know if they should run it back immediately, but I would love to see it again. Yeah, I don't know if they should run it back Im- immediately either. I think I think they will. There's no real clear other title contender, to be honest. Um, and I think I think I texted you Albazi, uh, you know, maybe a little fraud check potentially. I like Albazi, though. I think he's actually really good. But that's what other people would think. Um, let's take a look at the rankings. I think that, yeah, Pantoja's, uh, yeah, I think they got to run it back. I, I think Albaz needs one more fight. Or maybe Roy Val. I, I think Roy Val deserves a title shot potentially. So that's, th- there's there's options. Even if Roy Val on paper doesn't, I mean, I think he could get a title shot. I would love to see Brandon Royval in a title fight just regardless. He is one of the most exciting fighters regardless of weight class. He subbed Kaikara France. He's really good. He he is super good. Um, Yeah, I love Royval. He's one of my favorites. And I think Moreno got the title shot, shot off a win against Royval. So, yeah, I love I love the idea of it, man. Yeah, yeah. In the fight, too, Royval blew his shoulder out completely. So, I mean, I'm sure it was going to be a really good scrap. But, yeah, Royval got hurt in that fight. So, yeah. All right. 
this dude Volkanovski can't lose in featherweight, man. He is he's that good. He is that good. Um masterclass of distance management and uh grappling and timing. Uh Yair, you know, if he, uh, if Yair kept up the kicks consistently, he he could have won the fight, but you can't do that. And Volkanovski's Timing was magnificent. 100, 149 total strikes in three rounds. I don't get it. He he is that good, guys. Um, he's gonna be tough to beat. And you know, who was his face? Bilal Muhammad was like the headbutt affected it. Yeah, it did. But you know, uh, Rodriguez could have taken the five minutes, but he just he chose not to. So that's his choice. Um, but I think yeah, vo- vocal. I don't know. He's that good. I. I I think Taporia is really the only one that can match this guy in the division. And I, I, I'm biased. I love Ilya Taporia. Yeah, I mean, I think, sure, like the headbutt did play a role, uh, obviously. But, you know, we all knew where that fight was going. The first two rounds, Volk dominated on the ground. And then even when they were in the striking exchanges, Ayer was not able to get off any of his signature kicks. Like you saw, yeah, he threw a couple of flashy techniques. But for the most part, Volk was able to stifle that just because he manages distance so well, and he is constantly switching stances. Like something that is so incredible about Volkanovsky is that he basically doesn't have a preferred stance. He doesn't have a, he, he has a fluid stance. He just goes in between Orthodox and Southpaw, which makes it extremely difficult to make any reads on him. You can't set up your offense because if you're building to fight a guy who's primarily Orthodox, you set up your offense to fight that guy in that stance. And so for him to just switch back and forth like that, makes it incredibly hard to set anything up. And he sets up so many counters off that, like the light kick. You know, I mean, he it's just incredible. You know, every time you watch Volkanovski fight, he seems to get better. And it seems like he's facing more challenging opponents. And he still continues to get that much better. It's just, it's unbelievable the level of talent that we're seeing right now in Alexander Volkanovsky. And he's, you know, 35 years old. This is still near the tail end of the prime of his career. I mean, it's just—it's so exciting to see. It is very exciting, and it's like Volk leaned into his video game chair after after he got hit, landed that right hook, then just brought it to the ground. That ground and pound was vicious. Um, at the end of the fight, who who beats Volk, man? And at featherweight, he—I know he—I thought he beat Islam personally. I got to rewatch that fight, but I—who I, beats this dude, man? I I, I think Taporia can beat this guy, but. It, it's a very much an uphill battle for him. Yeah, I think the only legitimate threat even is Taporia. And I'm not 100% convinced that Taporia would win that fight. I mean, I think he definitely could win that fight. But, you know, there's nobody else outside of that that I think would even come close at this point to Volkanovski. So I think, you know, do the Taporia fight if he wins that. You know, I want to see him back up at lightweight. You could do the Islam rematch um, in a couple months if, if they want it to. I wouldn't mind seeing that either. But yeah, I mean, this is just the the level that he is at is, is so phenomenal. And like you said, the um, the takedowns and the ground and pound were spectacular. He took Yair down pretty much in the center of the octagon and worked his way over all the way to the cage and controlled him that whole time and then put his head right up against the side of the octagon cage so that Yair was limited in throwing up his submissions. And then he just landed nasty ground and pound from that position. So he's always a step a step ahead, like no matter what Yair was doing. And he's a very unpredictable guy. Volk was just one step ahead already. It was a beautiful thing. 
It was beautiful. Um, I don't know who Yair fights next. Um, Arnold Allen, I think that's a fight uh, for Yair personally. But Tapori Volk, that's next. Um, Volk doesn't want uh, Ilya to fight anybody because he wants to. He wants to take Ilya zero. So, I think the two next fights are set in the division for these two guys at least. Yeah, I think so as well. I th- and it's a great matchup. I mean, anybody who looks at this fight and underestimates Tapori, like yes, obviously Volkanovski is a like generational talent, one of the best fighters we've ever seen, but do not underestimate Taporia by any means. This dude is very well-rounded. He is so powerful, so quick, great cardio, great grappling. I mean, he is a legitimate threat to Volk, but I think it's just going to be such a good fight, man. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, EA Sports UFC 5 announced, so um, full reveal set for September, so that'll be fun. You and I had a few bouts in the station regarding uh, within UFC four. I, I got wrecked by you, but you know I've been in the lab, so you know expect possibly a different result. Probably not, but yeah, I, I'm not sure if I'm gonna get UFC five just because UFC four makes me rage so much. I play <laughs> online world championships. I play it a little bit more than I would like to admit, but I've gotten up to a pretty high level on that game. You know, up to like. 18 19 and you know it just gets so so difficult so annoying to deal with at that point so i mean and also the mechanics of the game are are a bit weird compared to ufc3 i was a big ufc3 guy so maybe i'm a bit biased but hopefully they make some changes to ufc5 i think it'll be a fun game though should be a fun game uh vanderlei silva's fighting felipe franco in a boxing match interesting um I don't know. It's been quiet, uh-huh. but that's usually what happens um, days after fights. So hopefully we'll have a lot more this Did week. Did we announce cause... last time uh, John versus Stipe? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, we have a – hold on. We have a, we actually have a ton to talk. Jones versus Stipe set for MSG um, uh, in, um, in November. Uh, so, you know – Someone said this is the fight we need and don't need at the same time. And I think that's a pretty good way to put it. I love Stipe, but I, I, I fear for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I saw that fight with Mount, like obviously I love Stipe. I want him to come back. I want to see him fight John. I think he's the greatest heavyweight of all time for sure. Especially, you know, just based on accomplishments. But yeah, I mean, Stipe's I think he's been out for like three and a half years at this point. And his most recent fight was getting brutally knocked out or two and a half years. Sorry. But his most recent fight is getting uh, brutally knocked out by Francis Ngannou. So it's not exactly a good fight to be coming off of. And keep in mind too, that Stipe is a firefighter. And so he's not training constantly. Like John, we know when he was off, he was training constantly waiting for this comeback, waiting for this opportunity and I'm, I'm sure Stipe has been training. I just don't know if he's been able to dedicate quite as much time as John was able to in his comeback. So I think I'm a bit fearful for Stipe. I think this is a very dangerous matchup for him in every area. If if you guys are wondering how long it's been since Stipe's fought, he hasn't fought in the Venom shorts yet. So that if I think that's a pretty good indicator of how long it's been since he's fought. Um, Marlon Vera will fight Pedro Munoz. Banger. Banger, 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 banger. I can't wait for that one. I love Bantamweight. 
Yeah, that is a great fight. I was really hoping they were going to keep Cheeto on that card. You know, I like watching Cheeto fight. He can be a bit inactive sometimes, but he's pretty exciting for the most part. And it's always fun to see Pedro Munoz when he shows up. I mean, he's had a couple of fights, too, where he hasn't been the most active. But typically, his fights are, are bangers, for sure. I think that's a great matchup. Um, I think, honestly, to fight that, uh, Pedro could win, too, because, you know, Cheeto... A lot of the guys that he faces, um, you know, he, he gets them by uh, countering them, right? Like, you know, they're pressuring forward and he'll just counter based on their aggressiveness. But I think, I don't know if Pedro will make that same mistake like Dom Cruz made or Rafont made. I think it's going to be a, a, a pretty favorable matchup for Pedro Munoz, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Um, one more thing. I, I think this is a good, uh, oh, Jack Della Madalena looking for an opponent next week. But um, Josiah Harrow, whom he was supposed to fight, had to pull out because um, he has a rare brain disease. Um, and it's like plaque in the brain and stuff. Um, and, you know, he was um, he was put in high risk of stroke. So, you know, he had to, he had to get pulled out of the fight. Um, so he, he he'll be fine, he said. So, you yeah. know. You have the, the 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 physical probably saved his life, uh, or like, you know, the quality of his life. So shout out to the UFC medical staff for keeping this guy on, uh, on track. And I hope I hope they keep him. So yeah, good for him, man. Yeah, that was phenomenal when I saw that. You know, you never want to see that diagnosis for someone, but it is great that they were able to diagnose that and he's going to be able to get proper treatment now. And yeah, it was just like a routine MRI they were doing pre-fight MRI and they caught that. So yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's a very scary time for him and his loved one, but I'm sure, you know, he'll be fine. He'll get through it. And yeah, I hope, I hope to see him fight in the UFC eventually. Yeah. Um, yeah. So tiny vessels in the brain are blocked. It's called Moya Moya. Interesting. Anyway, so that's a that's a quickie here from Throwing Hands. Um, next time you guys see me and Toby, we'll, we'll be kind of reviewing the year that's that has occurred. Uh, we'll we'll touch on the home versus Meyer Bueno Silva card. Fun fact: you have to wait until the eighth fight of the card to find somebody who is coming off a win. So shows you the quality of this card. Do you want to speak on that, Toby? That's kind of ridiculous. Saying it out loud, it sounds insane. Yeah, um, I was talking to my dad about that earlier. You know, it's it's like the UFC is just meeting their obligation. They're like, well, we've got to put on a card this weekend. And we just had a banger pay-per-view international fight week uh, last week. Eh, let's just throw in a bunch of fighters who are on losing streaks into one card. It's like, well, <laughs> not the highest quality, but. A card is a card. Um, but yeah, so that'll do it for us here at Throne Hands. When you see us again, uh, mid-year review. Um, it's a good time. Toby, thanks for coming on again, man. Always a, always a pleasure. Yep. All right, so that'll do it for us here at Throne Hands. Peace out, y'all.